Hello and welcome to Jerry Anderson, Heroes and Villains. Stay on this channel. This is an emergency. Each episode, we'll choose at random a story from an Anderson show ranging from Fireball XL5 to Terrorhawks. I think this frequency should be put on priority monitoring. We'll then look at the hero and villain of the tale, discuss any behind the scenes, actor information, and I'm sure numerous tallies. Shadow control to all stations. We have a red alert. Repeat, condition is red. And at the end, crucially, we're going to vote for them. Stand by for action. Just where were you on September the 13th, 1999? Can you think back? Bye. What were you doing? What, when the moon left the Earth's orbit, what, what job were you in? What were you doing? I'll tell you what you were doing. I'd have been radio Radio Rentals. Yeah, I was with There's a name from the past. Yeah. That's a blast from the past, don't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, it would have been, because that was the uh, I uh, met Anne. Okay. And Two we momentous both, events. Yeah, we were, and no, this, no, I mean, there's no, um, we didn't meet through this or anything, but we were both working for Radio Rentals. Okay. Isn't that weird? Okay. I've just had a flashback image oh, of you on video. 1999, we were in Drone. and we were, th yes. th Actually, that, yeah. We had a Space 1999-themed video yes. of, the sh of the convention you and Gary put together because it was the opening credits I've, of Space 1999, wasn't it? I've still got a few of them in the loft somewhere. <laughs> um, yes, we did. When, uh, th 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 this is going back. So this is... It was... We had to edit it on this uh, on a PC, but you had to digitise the footage first. So you had to... Put the footage into the PC because obviously it was, you know, a VHS, VHS. camcorder, um, and that took forever. It wasn't, you know, you had to play it in real time, and then rendering it was like an overnight job to render a scene. Or if you put a special effects in, now you could, you could, I could knock that video out in about five minutes now. Yeah. But but yeah, I yeah, because um, we actually did it based on Space 1999. I remember was, now, yeah. That places you and I in our fandom yeah. anyway, in our, in our yes. uh, um, hobby time. Yeah. We were in Drone. Where was I? September 1999. Uh, it's been a cinema, isn't Yeah, it? but which one? I think... Was it Christmas Tooth? Yeah, I think that was my last year at Maidstone before it shut and I moved to Canterbury. So, yeah. yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I was chief at Maidstone in September when the moon left the orbit. Yeah. It's weird to think that's 24 years ago. Yeah, don't depress that's me. Frightening, yeah. That's um, where were you, though, uh, when this episode first Well, I was, at, I, I was at school. I'm, I'm losing my words. Yeah. So was it 74 or 75? 75. 75. 75. Yeah, so I was 13. When it came out, and I can remember it, 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 it on TV. I can remember the excitement of it yeah. in TV times. I don't know if it immediately, straight away, came out in Looking. I think it did. I think it did. Yes, because yeah, I would have been seventy-five. I would have, I would have been seven. Yeah, but I remember it and remember loving it straight away. And I remember reading it in Looking, and um, you know the 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 dinky eagle came out. Yeah, and I, that was. It was one of the few dinkies that I ever had from new. Well, the, the birthday or something like that. But yeah, we had a, a green dinky. 
The, oh. <laughs> <laughs> you get cream for that now. <laughs> the, um, I, I read that the Dinky Toy came out like a month before the TV show started. Oh, wow. You know? I, I, yeah, I, I can remember this episode. I can remember... I remember most of the first season, but this, the second one we're talking about, and of course, Dragon's Domain mm-hmm. just burned into my psyche. But there was a, Which is really weird because I, I don't think... Uh, of all of Anderson's stuff, this is the one that's not aimed at young kids. I is it a family it, show? I'm not even entirely sure it's a family show. I, th- I think it could be, but it seems to be aimed squarely at, at uh, sort of slightly older teens, young young men. Because it, gen- I mean, there are there are. It's, it's not just men that like this, but it is. It does. Fandom seems to be predominantly male based for this one. Um, and it, do you think it's because it's almost hard science looking? Well, if it is, is that a case of they're following on from that tradition in UFO? I think it could be. It could be. Um, I think it's definitely the the especially this first episode. The that they went with. We want the same people that enjoyed two thousand and one. Yeah, but but with a bit more action thrown in. Um, but it's definitely not. It's definitely not aimed at the same sort of crowd that would Thunderbirds or Stingray would appeal to. Then I don't mean like nostalgic, and you're a fan now. But then there was no fandom. You had to. It was that programs were aimed at a very fleeting audience, weren't they? And I, I can't see. Perhaps I'm misjudging it because I loved it and I was a kid. But I can't. I don't remember ever playing this in the playground. I don't remember ever thinking. I want to be John yeah. Koenig. Yeah. Although I did, I wanted to grow up and be uh, uh, Alan. Yeah. Everyone did, I think, didn't they? That he was, wasn't he the coolest guy ever? He was then. The time. Yeah, watch it now and it's like, oh dear. And I wanted Victor Bergman to be my dad. Yes, I, yeah. I, I wanted Victor Bergman to be my dad, my granddad, my teacher, because he was just adorable <laughs> from a young age. Um, but But weirdly... There's almost zero of the slightly dodginess that UFO had, isn't it? There's no, there's no long lingering shots on people's bottoms. Well, we'll keep Koenig. a lookout we do, for those we bottoms. Do, <laughs> I think we do get a shot of Koenig's saggy white ass walking down the corridor. But yeah, it's it's weirdly predominantly middle-aged saggy men, isn't it? This program. Yeah. They're very strange, but something worked. Yeah, and it's odd. I mean, if we're saying all this, who who the show is aimed for, yeah. that's fine. But on the other hand, you had the Mego figures, you had the bubblegum yes. cards, you had the jigsaw puzzles, you had the annuals, you had the yeah. looking comic strips, didn't you? Yeah. So I think yeah, perhaps you're right. I think I think the the ephemeral stuff, the stuff around it, the merchandise, it was all aimed at the same kid audience because I think that's all they knew about, wasn't it? Remember, this is pre sort of Star Wars yeah. and things like that. Um, so I think they were aiming it at the same because if you look at like adverts for it and reviews it's always compared to Star Trek almost everything about it from the time was comparing it to Star Trek and saying Victor Bergman he's the new Spock you know who would win out a fight Koenig or Kirk Um, so I think they were aiming at that but yeah the Mego figures obviously probably the best set of figures Mego uh, designed Obviously, they were distributed by Palatoy, but made by Mego. And I remember getting um, 
Paul, uh, again, won Holiday in Wales from the same shop I used to get all my Migos from when we went on holiday. Uh, yeah, great, great stuff. And like you say, the, the annuals, remember getting the annuals each year? I think there was four of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it was def- definitely there was a kid end to it. And I think a lot of it was his Eagles, his yeah. Battle in Space. But the TV program, certainly the first half of this season, doesn't have a lot of that, does it? It's more cerebral and more, here's someone thinking about yeah, having a battle in space. Eventually, of course, season two, it gets into yes. Monster of the Week, doesn't it? But uh, I don't know what you're talking about. There is no season two. <laughs> uh, um, but before we get into it, though, we should mention, um, you know, that, of course, Space 99 grew out of the proposed second series yes, of UFO, yes. wasn't it? Yeah, which is something I didn't know until very late in the day. Um, and as you, they did, uh, Fanson did a couple of excellent um, documentaries, didn't they? The, yes. The Space 99, the second Space 1999 documentary and the UFO documentary. And yeah, it was um, production, had, pre-production had started on season two of Space 1990 uh, on UFO and they wanted to beef up the moon base. They wanted to take more because the complaint from uh, ITV stations was that there's too much set on Earth. Uh, no, it wasn't. It wasn't that. That was Abe Mandel, the American yeah. president of ITC. Um, yeah, no, that's him. Yeah, um, which is weird when you think this program takes place too much on Earth. It's like they set on Earth, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> What are you moaning about? Yeah, I've yeah, got... Because the, yeah, the, the eagle... the I can't remember whether the eagle came before or after the decision to redo it. Because I've definitely seen some designs that where the proposed craft looks more like the Interceptor yep. um, than the, the eagle we've come to know and love. Well, um, I recommend yeah. folk go out and buy the excellent Space 1999, The Vault, book yes, by it's good book, Chris yeah. Bentley. I've got a couple of choice quotes from that, which mm. I, I, I'll read out to you and the listener if you don't mind, Ian. No, go for it. It said, um, this is when talking about UFO 2, the second yeah. series, um, the original program had varied the sense of its stories between Earth and the Moon, but analysis of the American ratings appear to indicate that episode focused on Shadow Moon Base were more popular with viewers. Consequently, Anderson revised the format to relocate Shadow's headquarters to Moonbase, now vastly expanded into a complete lunar city, a wheel-like complex of geodesic domes some 10 miles in diameter, serviced by moonships and defended by interceptors and lunar mobiles. Each week, the lunar commander and his officers would engage the aliens in a war in space, combating attempts to destroy the moon city defences and mount a full-scale invasion of Earth. So, yeah, I mean, they were ramping it up, weren't they? Yeah. Um, it would, up, would yeah. be a continuation. But then it says about how Jerry Anderson was called to an early morning meeting with Luke Grade at ATV House in London. He was informed that UFO's American ratings had unexpectedly dipped and the panicked executives at ITC's New York office had got cold feet about the new series. All right. So you've got to do something else. Yeah. And then it says, Lou Grade felt that the time was right for a full-blown science fiction adventure, while ITC's American president, Abe Mandel, insisted that the new format should offer no possibilities for stories set on Earth. Anderson proposed a series with the working title of Menace in Space, 
That's a crap title. That's terrible, isn't it? That's, that's 1930s serial Yeah, title, and a total throwback. That's as but, bad as The Phantom Menace. Yeah, but this is even worse. It would have introduced viewers to the personnel of Wanda, which oh, stood yeah. for World Association of Nations Defending Earth Rights. Oh, dear. Does that spell out Wanda? You're pushing that, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. there's an O in there that shouldn't be there. (laughs) Um, The multinational operatives of Earth's first-line defense against extraterrestrial uh, invasion based at a lunar early warning station called Moon City. After the destruction of the Earth, the moon would set adrift on an unexpected journey across the universe, taking with it Earth's only survivors, the 300 men and women inhabiting Moon City. But then Abe Mandel said, no, the viewers won't like the fact that the Earth's been destroyed. So that's when yeah. they came up with what they came up with. I think the, the biggest lesson we learned from any of this is don't listen to the bloody American office. No, like, no, especially when you're making a British yeah. show. I know you've got to follow the American money, but yeah. yeah. He's got to fight the lion! Normally, when they do things like this, it's like you go, oh, I wish they had done the original. Um, I'm happy they didn't have UFO 2 uh, and they went with Space 1999 because season 1 because I think almost everything about it is for me is better than UFO I think that the lead actor is more charismatic the, the sets are better the tone is better um, so I'm, I'm sort of glad they didn't but that's not to say that UFO 2 wouldn't have been as good um, I like John Koenig growing up. I like I, John I Koenig. Do. I, he's, he's my he's my type of uh, of commander. And watching this again, like you know, we, we've often said before, when you watch it for this podcast, you're not you're watching it differently. And he's brilliant. Yeah, I mean, he's really, really good in both these episodes. Not only as a character, but as the a commander and the decisions he's making. Yeah. I just find it fascinating. I mean, it's only now with social media and books like, you know, Chris's and that, that you find out all the all the gossip yeah. and the tittle-tattle and about the ego trips of Martin yeah, Landau and Barbara Bain. That, do it doesn't come across, yeah. but I just find it fascinating. Um, I was watching uh, one of the extras on the Blu-ray the other day, and yeah. Brian Johnson was saying... If John Koenig, if the script said John Koenig was in an eagle, it would always go right to left because he insisted on only being filmed from straight on or his right. left side, never his right side. That's so not, I don't, I, I don't get actors that do stuff like that. But we'll have just, to. Is it just to say I'm in charge, guys? We should have a new tally. How many times do you see John Koenig's right yeah, side? That's interesting. You know, because I right. know, um, I know Barbara Bain sort of in the reason that whenever you see her she's in vaseline smeared focus is because she kept complaining that the cinematographer couldn't make her look like she looked in mission impossible what was that and they went that's like i said seven years ago dear yeah (laughs) yeah moved on um i think i think barbara bain is is by far one of the weakest elements i don't she's not bad but she seems a bit disinterested some episodes are better than others yes. with old, yeah, bar- yeah. old babs but yeah, again I, a little bit of tittle tattle this whole yeah. thing about and once you once you know it you can't not see it is she refused to turn her head because she thought she had a wrinkly neck I so, right. that so she's very wooden in in a stance she will the turn her whole body amazing. to look yeah. at somebody instead of turn her head and i'm sure that's right. why she's on a turntable in the opening credits yeah that could be 
Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like something from Monty Python, isn't it, really, behind the scenes? Yes. Yeah. I find it all fascinating. All yeah, this. I Could... love it. I love it. It's just such such fun behind the scenes. To Shall we go there, then? On. Shall we go to Moonbase yeah, Alpha? Let's, let's visit Moonbase Alpha. All right. All right. I've got Commissioner Simmons on a video call from Earth, Commander. I'll take it. Ah, John. Well, you're signed, sealed, and approved. The Space Commission's just ratified your appointment as Commander of Moonbase Alpha. What about Commander Gorski? Oh, I uh, relieved him of his command an hour ago. He's not your problem, John. Now, your job is to put man on meta. Any new information? How do you like this? The first close-up shot of the planet Meta, taken from the unmanned Spacefarer 9, just in. An atmosphere. Well, not only that. We're receiving signals, loud and clear, relayed from the same probe. There's no doubt about it. Planet Meta could be supporting life, as we know it. John. The Metaprobe astronaut virus infection mustn't be allowed to stop us. We must make a man landing on Meta. Nothing must stop us. Nothing. Good luck. Always a stunner watching Breakaway yeah. is, oh, is yeah. um, the very first thing we ever see is the Earth. That's always yes. a shock. Yeah, it's always a shock. Um, a great opening shot, really good. Um, it, it it really sort of sets the scene. But then we get immediately something that hasn't aged well, which is um, the way it's, it's, I think they talk about the dark side, don't they? Yeah. Of the moon. So, oh dear, no such thing. There is um, no such thing. There's no such thing. Uh, but yeah, and then this first sequence is is really good, isn't it? Because I have a few questions, like I say that. I'm not implying everything about this story is perfect. I do have a few questions, but this this pre-title sequence just sets everything going. It's just amazing. Yeah, we we visit um, uh, work area two, I think it is. Yes. Um, and what what having built one of the spacesuits, uh, I I look for I look for the spacesuits because there was early early collars the early suits didn't have the ridged collar they had uh just plain collars mm -hmm. and in this scene they both got them on so this scene must have been fairly early uh filming as you would imagine um but later on the show and especially in this episode scenes people will swap collars but in the same scene i hadn't seen that yeah it's, it's amazing um especially later on when when um uh, the, the guy is uh, going to break the window um, his collar keeps swapping, and I afterwards I was thinking, why wouldn't it? And I thought, I wonder if it's also they 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 use these first colours as stunt colours because they're going to be softer. Ah, yeah, Isn't there's a lot of throwing know, around yeah, coming yeah. up. Yeah, so I I think we should also look for if there's a stunt scene, if there's a astronaut being thrown about, what collar have they got? All right, I think got to remember that. Got to yeah. remember that. I timed it, and I find it amazing. In just thirty seconds, we're introduced to the moon buggy, those yeah. spacesuits, and the comlock. All in yes. thirty seconds, and it, it's um, it's really good. I I love the, I love the environment of of this show because yeah, we we see that everything works, doesn't it? We see the the buggies and they're very practical. We see them the the, the spacesuits and they're just great. My favourite spacesuit, um, 
and we we meet Victor and Helena sort of straight away. And yeah, we see the Comlocks working, and the Comlocks are such a good idea. Mm. You know, I know later on they they became a bit they didn't use them correctly, but especially this and the next episode we're going to talk about where they've each got one comlock and that's it. You can't, it's like you have to convert, convince the computer to issue another one. It's great. I love, I love this sort of, um, this, this world death setting up. It's quite prescient as yeah. well. Cause you know, that's the, I'm, I, I, I use them all the time at work. You have a lanyard and according yeah. to your, your level of responsibility, that gets yeah, you through so some doors and tracks your movement. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's very prescient, um, mm. but yeah, Vic, Victor and Helen are there. Uh, well, Vic, Victor's out at the, the station, and they're monitoring the radiation. They're worried about radiation leaking out of this system. We find out later why, um, but this is so serious. Yeah. This opening shot, so serious. No joking, no tomfoolery. Yes, but can we just um, stop and just applaud Victor's amazing sides? Oh, just amazing! I. Yeah, I wanted ciders like that. I've had them through my life now and again. But Victor, I think we just stop and applaud Victor. Yeah. The the greatest character in this show. He is amazing. I love Victor. He's wonderful. Yeah, he is brilliant. He's one of those TV scientists that knows every discipline, but he makes it work. At no point do you go, how does he know that? You go, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. He's so believable. Such a lovely guy as well. I had yeah, the I always him um, put him on a pedestal with Lionel Jeffries for yes, exactly the yeah. same reason. Yeah, yeah, he's just just brilliant, just brilliant. Um, yeah, just like I say, no, no joking about, no nothing. These are people. These are serious scientists doing a serious job in a very dangerous environment. And it is serious. And, you know, there are 2001 vibes here at the oh, beginning, um, even down to the uh, the stewardess bringing John Koenig his coffee. That's almost beat for beat the, um, you know, um, yes, yeah. the lady yes, in hey, 2001. Hey, yeah, when Hayward Floyd goes to uh, Clavier Space. Yeah. Uh, this is, yeah, you, you could, I bet if you looked at it, you'd, it probably is scene for scene. Just that she picks up a pen, yeah, and yeah, it it's great though. It really sells you um, on the realism of this, and of course, we we should say Eagles introduced, yeah, um, wonderful, wonderful design. Um, but also, I mean, we get, I mean, we get an info dump immediately because yes. there's our man, there's Simmons, and Simmons, he's telling yeah. Koenig that um, he uh, Koenig's got the job of running Moonbase Alpha. Um, he's relieving Gorski of his command. Yeah. And then immediately we get to see uh, this image of the planet Meta. Yes. Taken by Spacefarer 9. Um, of course, Meta now is means something slightly different than what you think of uh, yeah. Facebook and stuff like that. Yeah, um, Simmons, th- this is exposition done well, I think, because it's... He's telling Koenig stuff that Koenig doesn't know. No. Which makes sense, because normally it would be, as you know, John, blah, 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 blah. And it, it, but this is really well done. I mean, Simmons immediately, he has the, the look of villain all over him, doesn't he? Oh. You know, we, we need a boo and hiss track yeah. every time he turns up. Um, but he's great. I love, I, I, I love this, uh, this performance. He's, he's really good. Um, but yeah, he's... He's basically done a deal with Coney Gazzy. He says, "You go, you go and sort out, you go and sort out Moonbase, 
because Koenig was the old Moonbase commander, wasn't he? A yes. while before, yeah. which is great. Um, and yeah, and Koenig doesn't really want to be there. He's sort of reluctant to do it, but he's again thoroughly professional. Yeah. You know. Well, they've sent him in because Simmons uh, um, is talking about the Metaprobe astronaut virus yeah. infection and how the Metaprobe must launch. It is very important. The planet is sending them signals, Yes, isn't it? Yeah, they're, they're getting signals. They don't know whether it's from uh, any intelligence or what the signals mean. Um, but yeah, they're getting signals. So they want to send this probe out to find out um, because it, it's sort of... They, they don't go a lot into Planet Meta. They, the novelization does, in a lot more detail, ties it up better. But in this, it's like, it's, it make, it, you get the feeling that Meta is a wandering planet. Mm-hmm. And it's coming into the Earth, sort of uh, the, the solar system. And uh, yeah, there's the signals coming. So they've got to get this probe off to find out what the hell is happening on Meta. Do you know how that has actually been resolved? Shall I jump ahead to my behind the scenes? Oh, go on. Yeah. We're talking about meta. It says how the next episode produced, Matter of Life and Death, takes place yeah. sometime later as the moon approaches an obviously different planet codenamed Terra Nova, right? Yes. The fan-produced message from Moonbase Alpha mini-episode proposes that a final transmission sent from Alpha by Sandra 20 years after Breakaway was temporarily shifted in time into the past to become the meta signals heard in the first episode so that signal is actually sandra baines saying goodbye from moonbase alpha i'm not entirely sure uh that works for me but yeah you know it's not horrible in the novelization the planet uh terra nostra terra nostra terra nova whatever it was um that is meta yeah that's that's the planet meta which sort of ties it up and i because I, I read the novelizations endlessly. What, the um, EC Tub ones? Yes, yeah. They're not great, but as a no, kid, I just loved I them. Read them. I yeah. read them over and over again, and that Making of Space 1999 yeah, oh, book, yes. that very yeah. dense book, wasn't it? And a lot of yes. words, not many photos, and they were black and white and tiny, yeah, but a, boy, I soaked that up. That was a great book. I um, I had a copy of that when, when I sort of the first go-round, signed by Jerry Anderson. And um, I, I sold it when I sold all my collection. I, thought, I wish I'd have kept it. Oh, you should have. Yeah, should have kept Silly it. Silly boy. But, yeah, needed money. Needs yeah. must. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it, it really sets this up. So, so we've already got several interesting plots going, haven't we? It's like the, the radiation leakage, why are they worried about that? Uh, meta, what the hell is it? And the meta astronaut virus. How is this all connected? Mm. We find out, don't we? Yeah. We also um, get the space station. We see the meta probe yes, yeah. docking. Have you ever, you ever made one of them? No, 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 no. I mean, it'd be easy enough to. I mean, you know, it's just an eagle beak, yeah. isn't it? And lots of EMA. Yeah. I think that's the one shot in this that doesn't work for me is when, when they yeah. go, when, because it's Shane Rimmer, isn't it? Yeah. He's the, he, isn't he the pilot on. He's the pilot of the eagle. Yeah, but isn't he the pilot in 2001? No, it's Ed Bishop, isn't it? It's Ed Bishop, yeah. God, it's all connected, isn't it? Um, yeah, he says, uh, yeah, Captain, uh, you can see the the, the Metapro uh, docking. docking now. And it, it just is a still picture. It just slides, sidles up. Yeah, yeah. They, they zoom in it on it, don't they? Right. It, all the scales and the, the angles are wrong on it. They yeah, are very strange. But that's the only shot, I think, that doesn't quite work in this show. Oh, I don't know. Um, the explosion of, of the... Uh, of the space station oh, is a bit. I quite like that. They, yeah. If did you ever see the um, 
all the trailers for the um, uh, the, um, the theatre production ones. You know the the, the compilations or the message um, from space ones and all that. Yeah, yeah, because they that explosion they used on all of them, even ones <laughs> where it wasn't even part of it. I think they even used it on Thunderbirds in space. The oh, good for, lord! We got a good explosion. We're going to use it. Um, but yeah, we cut cut back to the radiation testing and um, Nordstrom, that's his name, isn't it? Nordstrom, Nordstrom and Steiner. Uh, he starts to go a bit bonkers um, and we get a great fight sequence. Mm. Um, I, I have a question about uh, gravity on the moon. Mm. Because obviously moon base alpha, no one moves like slowly, like no. six million dollar man and move like normal. And in the next episode, they put uh, Earth gravity uh, around around the ship. Uh, the ship. Yeah. So why don't they put that under the the place they're doing this work? I guess it's too far away from whatever generates the bubble. Yeah. yeah. But we do get a lovely sequence. I used to I used to love this as a kid. These uh, sequences on the moon surface um, where they're all moving slowly. Bouncing up and down. Yeah, yeah, we get a wonderful fight, and then uh, an absolutely shocking introduction to the credits, where Nordstrom uh, tries to run the fence, gets zapped, then falls and cracks his helmet with a lovely escaping air sound, mm. um, and then you get that vibrational build-up of the credits. My yeah. favourite credit sequence. It builds, doesn't it? Yeah, it's amazing. And I just and find it outrageous that it starts with starring, you know, yes. not the name of the title. No, no, no. Well, this this is where the money went, wasn't it, on Martin and Barbara? Yeah. Um, what's, it's shocking to watch it on the Blu-ray because it, it the, the titles finally look good. Whenever you watch any other, like the one, probably the ones that were shown on telly and the VHS and the DVDs, that those first two panels where it's there just in silhouette, look really grainy and horrible and mm. dirty and then on blu-ray it's like boop, crystal yeah um as they were meant to be they are smart yeah. do you think it's a good idea to show clips from this episode i do i like that because as a kid you never knew what the episode was going to be so you could if, if you watch it it says you know there's a bit of fighting or something it's great um but it does spoil it a little bit. Yeah, it, redu it, 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 yeah it, it, it reduces the shock value yeah. if, if you yes. know, a spacecraft suddenly appears or some horrible moment. Like like Dragon's Domain, they show you the yeah. dragon in, yeah, the, in a yeah. Dragon's Domain. Yeah, perhaps, perhaps the first time you watch it, yeah, you don't want to see these. But they're so to me, they're just so classic. The theme music is great. Mm -hmm. um, much better than season two. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's just yeah, we've got to discuss that when we uh, get round to that. <laughs> It'll be a while, be a while. Yeah, um, yeah, we we yeah we're introduced to uh, the main cast. Um, we get uh, this episode. We get told what the story is, which is, again for this episode ruins it, don't it? Because it's like uh, moon blown out of Earth's orbit. Hang on, what? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We also get in, in in the credits. We get producer Sylvia Anderson, executive yeah. producer Jerry Anderson, because of course their divorce was just about yes. to start, wasn't it? Yeah, this is the this is the beginning of the. It has to be said, a horribly acrimonious divorce and rest of their lives. Yeah, they were, they oh, that dragged much, on, didn't yeah. it? I mean, with everything that's coming out, I mean. No one wants to sort of speak in of the dead or anything, and everyone has problems. But they both appear to be 
they're not particularly great people um, to each other. They, you know, some marriages just shouldn't be. Like mm. theirs was yeah. one of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and then, um, yeah, the the like I say the one of the best credit sequence I think. Yeah, I, I certainly enjoy it. This one, watching this first episode, I mean, after the credits, we we get introduced to the moon tubes. Is that a relatively new thing? Because when we go inside the moon tube, there's brown leather padded seats. I don't remember them in other episodes. Are they always there? Uh, I couldn't say. They're definitely brown leather. I thought they were white inside. Everything was brown leather in the 70s. Yeah, yeah. was in our house. future. Yeah. Um, One thing I didn't mention in the credits, though, which I always found... um, as a kid, fascinating, but I mean, is the fact that it says Moon City Costumes by Rudy Gunright. Yeah. And I'll say, Moon City Costumes, what do they mean? Because <laughs> he just designed the uh, the outfits. Yeah, and of course, that's a throwback to when it was Moon City, not Moon, Moon Base City, Alpha. Yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and we find out Victor tells Koenig, you know, that people were dying. It looks like radiation poisoning, but it's not radiation poisoning. Yeah. And they got to do something I, about I it. I love that scene where it's um, where where Victor's telling him, and he says something, and Coney goes, uh, "The uh, the virus infection," and Victor just goes, "The virus infection." Yeah, it's it, great. It's such a great bit of acting. He's brilliant, isn't he? Victor's out acting everyone, and he's just slouched in a chair. Yeah, um, yeah. Ne- next we get, which I I just can't believe he's only in this one scene. We meet Gorski, and it's mm. Philip Maddock. Yep. Who was at the time was a big name. He was bigger later on, but every time I watch this, I'm surprised he never appears again. Mm. So we should have got a scene of him talking to Koenig. And there are wait for behind the scenes. There there oh, are right. missing scenes. Oh, that's interesting. That he Do they was still in. exist? Um, I don't know if they filmed or not. I can't remember. That's further on in my notes. Okay. Yeah. I love when I'm always distracted when when John meets Helena for the first time. Yeah. On the shelf, in the background, is oh, the, the visible, visible man yeah. model, which well, I adored yeah. because, yeah. number one, I bought it and built it because you had the visible man in 2000 AD at the time. That astronaut who goes up into space, comes back, and his skin's turned transparent. Yeah. Um, and then I took it apart, got the millie put out, and I tried turning him into Artie Gruber. Oh, right. From so Harlem Judge Heroes. Fred, yeah. No, from Harlem no, Heroes. Oh yes, yeah. No, I was thinking of um, Rico. Yeah, no, it's yeah, Rico. Gruber was the yeah. He was half half. He was cyber a cyborg. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, what else we got? Um, oh yes. Oh yeah. Um, just yeah. Just just to keep on the thing. So yeah, we throughout this whole thing, uh, Martin Landau is just great as Coney. Coney is immediately likable and authoritative, without being an ass. Yep. I love this whole sequence where he's meeting everyone and they, they all like him. They all liked working with him and they're glad to see him back. I'd love to have seen, seen like scenes with Gorski. What was his command style like? Yeah. And how were they to yeah. him? And how were yeah. they to him? But this also, this first scene with um, Helena is a masterclass, I think in subtleties because Coney goes in and he, he's already, he's been primed by, uh, Simmons, that Helena isn't up to snuff. Yeah. So he goes in. And he's obviously got a bit of a. Mm, I'm not sure I'm going to trust this woman. But it's really good because he goes in and he meets her, and she's a little bit standoffish. So he immediately goes and says about the microscope to to show her 
I look, I know about your work. I'm interested in it. I respect it. And then immediately sort of becomes authoritative when it's it's just it's a wonderful performance. It's such a good performance. Barbara Bain is very good because again, I don't I, I don't I get the feeling because she obviously wasn't there when Koenig was boss because they don't don't know each other. Um, I wonder what people have said about Koenig to her because mm. she's immediately almost hostile to him, isn't she? Yeah, uh, which is which is great. Um, yeah, well, I really like this, but it does explain what you say about her not turning her head, which I hadn't heard before. But that actually explains the scene because she just stands there stock still. <laughs> it's like, what's she doing? The camera's got to move around me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's it. Koenig is moving around the room, making the scene interesting. She's just stood there like, I can't move. Yeah, that explains it now. There you go. We'll have that's to look out for that in future. Yeah, yeah. It does help move count. <laughs> yeah. Um, we get the very first trope in this show of uh, um, Koenig checking things out for himself. Yes. He's going to do a Captain Kirk, isn't he? And he must do something for himself. Yeah. Um, and we have our very first death tallies in Space 1999 because you've got Collins and his cataract eye. Yes, oh, that's a, yeah, it's a good scene, that, isn't it? Yeah, and Eric Sparkman is yeah. dead as well. My, my question here, I, and it, this this was earlier on as well with uh, Nordstrom, who goes around putting the name tapes on everything? Yeah. Because if now, this is, again, foreshadowing. Now, this makes sense, you know, you would... You could electronically, if it was a screen, you'd have the person's name. It makes perfect sense. But they're all hard printed, aren't yes. they? And, and built into the machines. It's like, either they've invented the, uh, the, the, you know, the paper print, you know, the, like the yeah. uh, Kindles, where it looks like paper, but it's actually electronic and they can change it. Um, or someone must go around and put these stuff on monitors. Because earlier, when Victor and Nordstrom went off to Area 2, Victor's looking at a monitor in Area 2, and it says Nordstrom above it. Yeah. So did they, as before they go out, do they just stick these onto things? Nordstrom is dead, isn't he? Uh, yeah, he died. He's the first death. Yeah, he died yeah I've forgotten him. So, 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 so we're a death tally yeah. of three at the moment. Yes. We're going to get probably a lot more, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. Um, heat is building up at the dump sites. Yes. And again, Koenig decides he's going to go and check it out alone. Alone, he gets in an eagle. And, and flies and checks it out and crashes. Nice model work yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 again, they, they use that in, I think, every title sequence, don't they? But, yeah, it's a great crash. I used to love it when eagles crashed on the moon. I imagine a lot of people did because it gets to the point where there's, like, four or five an episode. Yeah. <laughs> it makes yeah. you wonder how many eagles they've got. Uh, what's next? Victor reckons it's magnetic radiation that's at fault. Yes, and he's right. Have we, oh, if we drop, if we jumped over um, when they meet Alan. Oh yeah, no, that was before. Yeah, yeah, that, we meet Alan who's in the our, hangar bay. The, sort of the thing. closest thing we've got to our traditional Kirk figure, isn't he, Alan? Yeah, he's a man of action. But I, my, I think we've mentioned this before when we uh, we spoke about the Eagles and that. Uh, I love that line where where Koenig says to him. How soon can you get the backup crew ready? And he goes, seven days. What? Wait, no, we can't. Uh, and he says, um, uh, what is it? Uh, coordinates. The, the thing about, it's like, what are you saying? <laughs> How trained are these people? Mm. But yeah, I, I like Alan. Yeah. Um, they send a remote eagle up to check yes. it all out. 
but you get a magnetic surge, and that's yeah. when they're pretty is pretty conclusive what's going on. And we get that fantastic line from Koenig about how they're sitting on the biggest yeah. bomb man's ever made, which unkind, uh, you know, yes. detractors of the show reckon sums up yeah. the show. Yes, it's. It was used in a lot of reviews, wasn't it? Koenig says this, and boy, he wasn't joking. Mm. Um, I do like his other line where he says about um, uh, mankind's great leap is turning into a stumble in the dark. Mm. That was quite good as well. Um, but yeah, um, the, the Victor thinks he's discovered a new type of radiation, magnetic radiation. Is that a thing? I don't think it's a thing, is it? Well, you have magnetic force, so is that a yeah, form of radiation? I don't know. Perhaps it is. I don't know enough science like Victor does. Um, but I love that Simmons is immediately weaselly about it all, isn't he? Yeah, because he's arrived in his VIP yeah. pod, hasn't he? Yeah, typical typical politician wants to be on the site. Because he honestly thought Koenig was going to sort it all out, didn't he? And yeah. I think he wants to be there so and that he can go, I was there helping to sort it out. And it's not. It's like he's picked the worst time ever. Yeah. I like how he and um, Victor have colourless sleeves because they they, yes, they, they don't have designated yeah. uh, duties on, on, on the base. Yeah, yeah the sleeve, I, the, I love these uniforms. The sleeves are just great. The idea of a coloured sleeve, it's, it's perfect. You can see at a great distance who does what. But yeah, mm. um, Victor and... Um, uh, and Simmons, yeah, they've got just the same mushroom-coloured sleeve as the rest of the uniform. Yeah, which I imagine, I imagine Simmons probably bristled. I bet he was so, he was the sort of would go. Well, I want a commander's top. What was that you were saying? Was it about the commander's top that everybody thought it was a certain colour, but they're all wrong? Yeah, it's so, a different colour. Yeah, so when obviously when you when you first watch it, because. There was something up with the prints, wasn't there? Even from day one, they weren't they weren't as clear as they were meant to be. Something was going wrong in the process and things like that. So the colour correction was never done properly. Uh, and his sleeve is actually like a charcoal grey. Um, and the body of the, the uniform is a, a, a sort of a pale tan mushroom colour. Uh, but of course, in when we were kids and we watched it on telly, you think it's um, white uniforms and his sleeve is black. Mm. So everyone does it, and the Amigo did it, and all the illustrations do that. But when you watch it on the Blu-rays now, it's been correctly colour-corrected. It, yeah, it's obviously it's a it's a, almost a pale charcoal sleeve. Mm. Um, but yeah, great great uniforms though. I know um, that uh, it was, I think it was Martin Landau that wanted the collar, wasn't it? Yeah. Because uh, everyone else has got this hard no-collar line, like a t-shirt line, which looks awful on people of a certain age. Yeah. Um, so I can understand why he did that and why in season two they went, let's just give everyone collars. Yeah. It looks better. Um, but yeah, I, I do love the uniforms. The it's only nice. thing that dates it are the flares. If they didn't yes. have the flares, I mean, that's that, that that's the saving grace of Star Wars, you know, yeah, that they, John Mollo and Co. decided to <laughs> yeah. just have regular trousers and yeah. boots. Yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. There's a there's a couple of uh, a couple of episodes in this where if they go onto a planet, they tuck the trousers into their boots, and it looks so much better. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, 
Um, yeah, yeah. You were saying Simmons is all positive. He wants to do a PR yes. exercise, but that's yeah, when yeah. everything starts going up and kicking off. Yeah, well, like Koenig said, it's like people risk. All I see is people risking their lives. And yeah, Simmons wants to make a PR stunt out of it. Um, I love it when uh, Koenig says uh, to Alan, "Take Simmons' eagle and get into orbit." Simmons' face, because that's like that's his <laughs> that's his getaway, isn't it? It's like, it is. That's his Bentley. That's his, yeah, that's his Bentley. <coughs> Um, but uh, yeah, re- really good. Every- Everything's—it's almost a ticking clock, and it you can feel the tension building. Yeah. Um, really, really good. Um, but yeah, the because uh, because uh, area one has already gone up, hasn't it? Yeah. Um, and it was only a small one, but it exploded. Area two—they're worried because obviously it'll be a much much bigger uh, explosion. Um, so they come up with a plan of redistributing the nuclear waste um which I, I'm, I'm thinking this is probably the only only real episode where you get to see the uh the the second dinky version what the, the freighter version yeah, yeah. The, the bit with the like the wind charm yeah and wow. isn't it nifty it's great model work yeah, i love great. all this model oh, work. this is all this is all amazing um really really good uh stunning stuff i mean i'm, I'm not entirely sure that the plan is going to work anyway because it's so slow isn't it yeah they have to drag the top off the waist then pick them up one 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 by one but yeah they all starts going up we get a chain reaction don't we um i've written down um four here so i think i no six i think i think i spotted six more deaths in 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 our tally so that takes us up to nine all right uh, but then we get the big one. We get that fantastic yeah. explosion. Uh, it's an amazing yeah. model shot, even now. Oh, it's just it's it's brilliant. It's so and it even though you know it, I've seen this hundreds of times, it really catches you out. It's, there's so much tension and such good acting. Um, it's going course, up. Yeah, it's going up. <laughs> uh, of course, everyone everyone in reviews and that always points out that if the explosions on the dark side of the moon doesn't exist. Um, it would push the earth uh, the moon into the earth mm-hmm. um which is a bit of a flaw but if it was just on the the edge of the uh you know the far side i, I think you probably could do it i bet you could work out using maths that it, it could yeah. skip a bit. it doesn't matter it yeah. looks great i know um, i know the g-force simulations yeah. is unconvincing yes. this slamming of your hand against the floor we're moving, goes Victor, yeah. you know, but it's terrific, entertaining stuff, isn't it? Yeah, oh, it's great. They, they can't move, and it's, the ship's going out, and uh, Alan's stuck. He's trying to chase the moon. The meta probe gets destroyed. Then the space station explodes unconvincingly. How many say. dead people do you reckon on that space station? It's got to be 50 or 60 in there. All right, we'll say 60. Yeah. All right, okay. Um, and a yeah, the, the moon is flung out and it's accelerating, 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 and then it starts to slow down. Why does and it slow down? I don't know. I, I can't work that one out because there's no, there's no friction against it. There's, there's a no line someone says, they're compensating. Yeah. Have they got big motors or something? I don't know. Um, or, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know why it slows down, but it starts to slow down. So um, in, in a one nod to... A Kirk moment. Koenig is the first one that manages to yeah. to get up off the ground, and he contacts Alan. And it really is an emotional moment when Alan 
Ray J's back, isn't it? Mm. It's, it's, it's like, yeah, it's really, really well done. Um, yeah, the the moon is blown out. Uh, they start. The, I I think doesn't um, doesn't the doctor say how many people are dead or there's some casualties? So is there? Oh, yeah. I might have to add to the tally later on. Yeah. I, I, I think it's quite poignant we see Earth for the last time. It always yeah, reminds me of Lost in them. Space. You watch Lost yeah. in Space when they leave Earth, and it's like, well, this is the last yeah, time we're going to see, see this, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we get a... Uh, uh, what we think we're watching a news report, don't we? But it's actually the, the, the Alphans watching the news report, where they're sort of saying that the Earth, you know, the, the rescue attempts are not going to happen. The Earth's devastated, as it would be. So there's got to be a few more deaths there, isn't it? Yeah, but then they say, then they say the uh, California is like sunk into the ocean. Yeah, there's earthquakes, a, enormous yeah. loss of life, but I don't think we can quantify that. So maybe no. we'll ignore that. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, um, I like the way Simmons has got like a, a, a cut on his yeah. on his head, and that puts him out of the the, the show for about what five stories. Yeah, I think he probably cut himself. I think he was like he looks around. And yeah. I need to, if, well, if the, the paparazzi turn up, I'm going to have to look heroic. And he just went and got some ketchup or something. Okay. Um, and again, I really love this, that Koenig is practical and follows, because he asked the computer to instigate product Project Exodus, mm -hmm. uh, evacuating the moon base back to Earth. And it sort of says, we have no trajectory, no plans, no nothing, human decision required. Yeah. And Koenig is not like now it would be put it to a vote, blah, blah, blah. Koenig's like, yeah, chances are we wouldn't make it. There's no point trying. Let's make the best of what we got. Brilliant. That, that, yeah, but surely they're not that far from Earth at this point. If they'd all hopped in an eagle now, they could have gone back. I don't know. I don't know how the eagles work going between how much fuel. I mean, later on we find they, there's no place for the carry fuel anyway, but yeah, yeah, true. I, yeah. I, I I just like the fact that it's like he he, he goes with what the uh, facts are. Yeah. You know, because um, um, yeah, Simmons is dead set against it, and he 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 just wants to get back. Um, and it's a really good final speech. We find out there's 311 people left. Mm -hmm. I don't know how many we started with. It probably tells us how many have been killed. Hmm. Did they say 350? I don't know. I don't know, but we're, we're tallying people on the shuttle yeah. and, the, and the space station as well. So, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and it ends with the, the, the moon drifting away and I get and still getting the meta signals. Yes, yeah, almost and, as a, a symbol of hope, isn't it? It's like, we're, oh, meta. And you ex that's what you expect then, that the next episode is going to be it, about It'll be meta. part two. Never mentioned again. No, no, not at all. Very yeah. weird. Yeah, very strange. Uh, for, for many years, I... Because the, the ordering of the episodes for season one is problematic, isn't it, at yep. best? Um, and for many years, I I went with, well, A Matter of Life and Death has to be the second one because it, it carries on the go to meta. And I'm exactly the same. But when you said, for this, we're going to treat uh, Earthbound as the second episode, because Simmons is in it. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, oh, okay. And then you watch it; it makes perfect sense that this is the second episode. Yeah, yeah. But it's really weird. It's not. It's like a story five or something, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's like, I mean, I, I can't remember that detail of watching it, but I bet, I bet a lot of people are going, "Who's he?" Yeah. Especially if they perhaps didn't catch most of the first episode, or we were making a tea or something. Um, 
but yeah, it makes if you watch them back to back, it's an almost perfect two parter. Mm. And it also raises the question. I've got the answer to it in behind the yeah. scenes. It raises the question: Where the bloody hell is Simmons? Yeah. For like three stories or four yeah. stories. I wonder if the the plan was to have him in it, but Roy Detrice was just too expensive or too busy. I don't know. As I say, I have got information, but I'll save that for for a while. Because the expectation in a, in any normal show, this would be every week. Simmons is the thorn in Koenig's back. He's Doctor Smith, he's, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. He's always as soon as as soon as Koenig leaves the station, he's always trying to cement or you know do a mutiny and no one yeah you could have had so many great storylines with him in it you know as as sort of the fallback problem that's got to be solved but yeah just go disappears i mean let's move on to earthbound shall we yes thank you captain i understand your position commander commissioner is diseased it is a tragedy that he should succeed through the use of force. My thanks, Commander. Professor. Everything you've just said it is true because the very first thing we see is a very forlorn Simmons looking yeah. out the window and he's angry that they're not trying to get back to Earth. Yeah. That would make sense if this is part two. Yeah, it makes no sense if this is episode five after they've encountered several other planets. They've gone through a space warp. Yeah. For him to go, why we, the further we get from Earth, we're never going to... It's like, by this point, if this is episode five... You're never going to get back to Earth. No, no, it, no. It's got to have been part yeah. two originally. Um, and yeah, and also the other thing, um, you, you know, about it being if this was originally the second uh, ever story, this is the very first story where we've got aliens in it and yes. alien spaceships. And here it comes. This this uh, alien ship approaches. What are your thoughts on this this design? Because I've never um, liked it. No, I think it looks. It looks rushed and ill-detailed. Um, it looks like a toy. Yeah, it, it, it looks like it. they built the shape and then we're going to send it off to be detailed and the time ran out and they went, us, oh, paint it, paint it blue, it'll be fine. Yeah, I don't, I don't I'm not, not one of my favourites. Yeah, they, they did like, didn't Product Enterprise do a version of it? Yeah, or and it's in America, um, the, the, the original toy range, there was yeah. actually a version of this. Um, you say blue. I've I've got this problem with blue in science fiction. For me, blue doesn't work in science fiction. Anything yeah. blue in science fiction doesn't look right to me. Yellow, yeah. fine. It, Orange, it fine. Green, fine. Don't don't ever watch Avatar. <laughs> I'm, not like I'm not a fan. Oh, what a surprise! <laughs> um, 
And uh, yeah, you get two uh, orange striped eagles are sent yes. out to intercept it, but for some reason they're behind it. Yeah, I don't understand this, the the uh, the logistics of this because they go out to meet it, but then they come up behind it, and it's facing the moon. I, yeah, it's like did they circle right round it? I they might have done, I suppose. Um, no one seems surprised at an alien ship. No, but then no one seems surprised that Meta might be given off an, a, a signal. Yeah, that might have been intelligent. So I, I wonder if in this universe they we have already had made contact with some sort of alien. Yeah species you know or i suppose if if you take it it's the same universe as ufo yeah well then you know yeah yeah yeah. i yeah i everything we've we we find out about the inhabitants of this caldor spaceship um doesn't match what that caldor ship is doing it looks clumsy it lands clumsily it's not got the grace and the elegance of the people who are inside it everything about the caldorians is grace elegance minimal movement yeah, and this thing is just going about like a spinning top, and it's the landing. I think it is not a great landing sequence. This because it's, it's you can tell it's on strings, and there's that final bit where it's like, I'll just dump it down. It'll yeah, be fine. Um, yeah, and isn't that odd? Because you know, it's far too small when you get these two ships next to each other. The Caldor ship is far too small. You can't have that big interior inside that when you see it alongside no. an eagle. No, it because um, we the they send out the eagle and they have a connection tube that goes over the the hatchway, which again doesn't match the model. Where does all. it come from in know, that yeah, pod? Like, <laughs> well, it's, a, it's like the whole eagle is an absolute nightmare of um, of design, isn't it? Because it's like where did the sliding doors on the nose cone go to? There's not yeah. enough room to do them. Where's the fuel kept? There's two. There's two. Um, uh, exhaust bells underneath the passenger module where's the engine that needs those exhaust bells uh yeah so you just have to accept the eagle and go yeah it looks good yeah that'll do me but yeah they 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 lock on and they go and um we see stun guns for i think the first time Mm -hmm. right love that i love the stun gun really good thing um koenig's suit is really grubby i didn't notice yeah i noticed it's like guys so grubby on the chest unit so i don't know what happened there um and uh, Victor, Victor has to open the door. Um, his uh, his tool looks like a hairdryer, doesn't I've it? I've got Victor and his hairdryer yeah. checks out the door. Oh boy, that is a hairdryer converted, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it's, uh, it's it's dodgy. It's dodgy. Um, but they get in, and then, yeah, we see this massive interior, um, and it's. It, I think Xantor must have had the painters in it because it's those plastic sheets you put up when you're painting. Yep. Yeah. everywhere. This is Keith Wilson, of course, isn't it? This is his first yes. ever Alien Interiors. Um, and I love Keith Wilson. I love what he, yeah. he, he could do with the space and fill it with interesting things. But it's spoilt by that silly lunar gravity walking yes, thing. Yes, in my notes I've got, why are they doing big exaggerated moonwalking when in the ship? And I, I don't know who it is at the front of that party, but they're really laying it on thick, aren't they? With the arms going up, and then they uh, gravity control. They he he contacts Cody contacts uh, Alpha and says, uh, "Can you generate some gravity under the ship?" And they just flick a switch, and it does. Right. Question there then. At it's not until that point that you get gravity in the ship, but the eagle is right alongside, and it yeah. has gravity. Yeah. Oh, and yeah, also. You- 
the eagles have gravity in them. Why does the eagle leave and just leave the pod? I know. I Apart think from it's to just show that to show you, that, you can detach the pod. It. Yeah, right. it's literally it to show that. Um, because they've gone onto an alien ship. If they needed to get away in a hurry, they're screwed now. Aren't yeah. They? yeah, 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 you know? yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it was literally to show the to show a special effect sequence of it lifting off. Yeah. So it made people think of Thunderbird too. Um, I love it in this all this dialogue. No one likes Simmons, do they? No, because he's they whinging he's like mad yeah. back at the base, isn't he? Yeah. He, yeah I yeah. love our oh, Prentice Hancock. I, Paul is just brilliant in this. He has got no respect for nope. uh, Simmons. Yep. It's it's wonderful. I don't understand how they can get a visual from inside the ship when nobody's no, got a camera. I don't know how that works. And and this isn't this isn't uh, just for Space Nineteen Ninety Nine, but they do that normal thing of the security monitor that they're watching shows the episode, mm. so it's really nicely edited and yeah. from unusual angles where there couldn't possibly be cameras. <laughs> um, I understand it costs a bit more to like put a camera up on a step ladder and keep it fixed but it always looks horrible when they do this yeah. lots of shows star trek did it this did it almost every sci-fi show does it um uh, we also then get a, a brilliant space drill they decide to uh, they found well, they, they found these bodies in these plastic containers and they think immediately oh they must be dead yeah they won't wake up will yeah, they? they won't wake up can't wake them up um so they decide to drill a hole in one of the plastic containers and this wonderful space drill that looks really hard to use. I know what that's made out of, but wait oh, for really? behind the oh, scenes. Cool. Yeah, you can track one down on eBay yeah. if you want to recreate that. Oh, right. Cool. Yeah. Uh, and Helena is guilty of murder at this point, isn't yep. she? Because she kills this poor woman. Yep. So, yep, another dead yep. person. Quite grisly as well for yeah. you know, a tea time show. Which sets things off. Mm. And uh, Chris wakes up, doesn't he? Yeah, Christopher Lee wakes up, uh, immediately speaks English. There's no assumption that in any of these episodes that aliens will speak alien. Mm. They all speak English. I and mean, I don't know, I understand why you do it, but there's no lines about, you know, Star Trek had the universal translator, things like that. They just, it's like everyone speaks English. That's fine. Yeah, but what what's really weird is, you know, they all wake up, it, there's lots of silence, you've got this ritual thing. Um, you never see uh, Xantor talking to Koenig for the first time because yeah. the ship flies to a launch pad, um, taken below. You know, yeah, I'm Simmons. They're not. They're not just stood there in silence. No, it's no. Awkward. Because yeah, Simmons goes running up to the party as they come yeah. out, and yeah, Xantor's he first dob- line is yeah. "Your status, please." Yeah, and uh, Simmons immediately dobs in Koenig, don't he? Yeah. Oh, so he's, he I, say, oh, you'll be punished. I put slime in his way, trying to drop Koenig into it. Yeah. Um, I do like Christopher Lee's, like, we, we have no need for judicial revenge. Um, I'm not a great, you know me, I'm not a great fan of that Christopher Lee is this amazing actor. Um, but in this, his his sort of unemotional line delivery fits really well. I put aloofness. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Because to me, that's how he is in every role. Mm. I think... I always think with Christopher Lee, you're, it's like John Wayne. You're not hiring him to act. You're hiring him to be Christopher Lee. Yeah. Which is fine. I enjoy his, I enjoy his stuff. But, yeah, I'm not, I'm not convinced he's the, the greatest living actor that a no. lot of people seem to He's think. Christopher Lee, like Michael Caine. Yeah. He's yeah, Michael Caine. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, we find out that from Caldor. 
which is a sterile planet. They left three and a half centuries ago for Earth um, uh, to go to the moon and then Earth. So the computers found the moon, not realising the Earth's not just behind it. That's a crap GPS system, isn't it? Yeah. Really. Um, Yeah, I I, I mean, we never really find out how they found out about the Earth and why they thought it would be compatible or that the people on Earth would welcome them. Because the other thing that's sort of missing from this show is there's only the four of them, aren't there? Yeah. Escaping. So the stakes are very low. There's no, you would expect him to go, him to go, we've got our race. Our yeah, Gene Paul or something. Gene Banks. Yeah. But no, it's just four of them. I do love Christopher Lee, though, when he's, he's talking to Helena and he's like, um, yeah, our, our life essence is... Uh, is so low that like we can't reproduce in that i just wonder what if if they had reached earth what were they hoping for? what are you going to do then give them an allotment of a yeah sit cottage. in a park yeah yeah feed the pigeons i can just imagine um i can just imagine uh xantor floating about tesco he's pushing a trolley oh, yeah this freezer bay looks like my old <laughs> ship <laughs> I love Al Simmons. He's all for stepping in. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah, you know, seize the ship. The aliens are expendable. Yeah. We need that ship. Because he's immediately, he's like, oh, could one of us take the dead body's place? It's like, oh, give it a bit, give it a minute, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then he's, as soon as, as Xantor's gone, he's straight to Koenig. Let's take their ship. He's horrible. Yeah, yeah. Such a git. And Koenig says, well, if they agree, we'll have a lottery. It's got to be fair. It's yeah. got to be justice. And I do like where Koenig, he, go, and, uh, he goes, oh, I, I suppose you'll be on that list, Koenig. And he goes, no. And he's like, I don't understand why. You, yeah, you wouldn't. It's great. Really good. Koenig just does the right thing every time. Yeah, yeah. We've also got uh, the scene with Helena testing out this uh, to see if it would yeah. work, the, the, the hibernation yeah. thing, because a matrix has to be made, hasn't it, of the individual. Yes. You've got to scan the individual, and then it's tailored to your body print. Um, and I love this whole sequence where it goes through and then Helena says, I find you sufficiently human. Yeah. Because they're, yeah. they're also saying, Helena's thing is, I need to test you to make sure that you're compatible with Earth. Yeah. You know, if you're not, we probably don't want you there sort of thing. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a nice sequence. But yeah, I love it. It's like you're sufficiently human. Yeah. I like, I like the mistake. There's an error. Helena nearly dies, but she's woken up by that Mr. Yeah. on ring which makes her all better. And I like the fact that Simmons, because he's whinging and whining all the yeah. time, he's not privy to the information about a matrix has to yeah, be made. He's, yeah, he's, um, it's, it's karma, isn't it, coming to kick him in the teeth. Yeah, he, he doesn't bother with the details. He just wants that position, um, and he's not going to leave it to chance. Um, no. I know they've got to do it, but it's bloody clumsy the way Martin Landau puts his comlock down on the side oh, of that table. Uh, yeah, it's um, you get these in some scenes, not just on this, but all films in general, where someone will do something and you immediately go, that's unnatural, something's going to happen to that. Yeah. And this is, he takes it off and he's never done it before and he puts it on the corner and then basically says to Victor, come over here, Victor. Yes. Let's turn our backs on this comlock. <laughs> um, yeah, Simmons, Simmons whips his comlock, um, which is great because it means Simmons hasn't got the access that Coney has, which again suggests no one values this trap. Well, he's got John, no place on the moon. John earlier goes, yeah. uh, you, you know, we need science people here, not a politician, you know? Yes, yeah, it's great, great line. Yeah, yeah. 
And so uh, I, also I find very clunky and clumsy is the way John finds out he's got Simmons one because he yeah. just happens to start playing with his com lock and yeah. then just happens to look at well, the photo ID. I think that does fit with with uh, Koenig's um, behaviour because in, in a lot of episodes, we see that his own personal com lock is messed up to buggery. All the keys are <laughs> screwed up. Everything's... Because, I think he's a fiddler. He's like... Yeah. He's, he's, he's ruining all the technology just by playing with it. He's Paul Darrow. Paul Darrow was yes, always breaking yeah. things on Blake 7, wasn't he? Yeah. 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 So, yeah, they found out what Simmons has done. But Simmons, meanwhile, is down at the power station and he's got all the people there hostage. Yes. Yeah, he's... Because um, up to this, you can sort of go, he's a horrible, snarmy, typical politician. But with this one move, he, he goes into villain, doesn't he? Yeah. He, he takes takes the entire moon base hostage. And I love that... Xantor is like when told about it. It's like, well, we're going to have to give him a place. Yeah. If he's got the power to do what he says, I'll be the hostage. Yeah, I'll be your hostage. It's great. Such, such nobility he's got compared to Simmons, who's just an odious git. Yeah, and I, I, I like the way you, you, you know, this isn't, this isn't really, you know, the bridge of the Enterprise because Paul is all for him going. Yeah, Alan's against yeah. it, you know. There, 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 there's proper dissension in the ranks, isn't there? But what I like is there's dissension in the ranks, but they all defer to Koenig as they should. Whereas, like with modern Trek, there's lots of dissension on the the various like discovery now, but then everyone ignores who's actually in charge. Mm. Um, but yeah, I love this. Paul is is is. I always liked Paul as a character, and these two episodes are really strong for him because it's like, yeah, he's like. Let's get rid of him. Yeah. He's the worst person going. One of us doesn't get to go home, but so what? We've benefited because we've lost Simmons. Yeah. I agree with him. I think he's absolutely right. Yeah. They, they should have just gone, oh, okay. I like Xantor's line about <coughs> Simmons saying the commissioner is, pause, diseased, right? Yes, it's brilliant. Now, today we've got Simmons for our adversary yeah. of the week, but this whole thing any point, Xantor could say to Simmons, you can't get in that tank. You haven't had a Matrix done. Yeah. Well, they, they mention this, don't they? That um, I, I, I can't remember who says it, but someone's, Alan or Paul says, Xantor uh, must have known. And then Helena goes, no, or Victor goes, no, he, he just wouldn't have had time. I think he knew. Mm. I think this is, this is his way of getting the the justice judicial revenge yeah that he doesn't he believe talking. in yeah 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 um, in which yeah, case he's yeah. not he's not as nice as we might have thought or well yeah or is it i don't, I don't i'm not entirely sure he's nice anyway i think he's just logical and 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 okay i just think he's not horrible um because yeah simmons um gets on you know gets the base back up and running but with Xantor as hostage and then I love as well that he uh gets them to go in first then he goes in but he leaves his stun gun outside if he'd have just took it in with him yeah it would have been fine yeah 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 um, yeah but yeah it's a great one of these where everyone everyone of a certain age remembers this one because oh boy the ending is just it's pitch perfect it, it sort of cuts away and then we cut to Simmons waking up. And even as an audience, we're not entirely sure this isn't 75 years no, later. No, no. Um, 
and he's so he's so happy and he, he uses comlock i don't know why he thinks the comlock would still be connecting to earth at that yeah point. or that's the batteries would would survive yeah that's but a good yeah, point as well he's he's saying he's basically talking to earth saying i'm back you you I bet you missed me. I bet He's so happy, yeah. isn't he? <laughs> but he thinks they're going to welcome him with open arms and go, oh, my God, it's Simmons. We've, we've been doing terribly without Mr. Simmons. Um, yeah, he's so happy. And then he's not getting a response. He's getting a bit angry. And then it's just a hard cut to Paul yeah. listening on Moonbase. And you immediately reckon that you go, oh, God, this is amazing. It is um, fantastic. This yeah. moment where they slowly realise it didn't work. He's still yeah. awake and we can't do anything. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's heartbreaking because, yeah, even though he's a villain, it's like, this is going to be a horrible death, but they can't do anything. I love it. It's like, oh, let's turn it off. Yeah. Let's go back I, to work, guys. In Sorry. the end, that's what they have to do because yeah. he starts to plead because it dawns yeah. on Simmons that it didn't work. Yeah. And no... well, he, comically, he sees that the time hasn't changed much. It's like an hour later. Yeah. But then... It could be 75 years and an hour later. Yeah, true. There's true. no date on it. He's right, um, though. It, it, yeah. Oh, Roy, he um, he, he oh, does fair bang yeah. around in that Physical, tank, doesn't he? I wonder how many takes they did where it fell apart. I was watching for the size wobbling. Yeah, it doesn't look particularly sort of secure. Yeah. But yeah, he's banging away with his com lock, and yeah, it's, it's, it's heart-rendering. Um, but such a good ending. It, I, I, I like the stunned silence in the command yeah. centre as they turn it off. Yeah, because they all hated him, but you wouldn't wish... What a horrible death that yeah. is, you know? Yeah, it's just... Good even, Lord. Even if he could have got out, there's nothing he could do, is there? Just, no. There's no food on that ship. No. There's no... I mean, I bet there's not that much oxygen. No. Um, I, I don't like the cop-out thing about the computer chose Simmons. I don't yeah, like that. That's that, one step too far. Yeah. It would have been better if um, if they had gone, you know, it goes, who who did the uh, computer choose? And he looks and goes, it chose you, Paul. And Paul just goes, oh, you fucking bastard. Guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's a bit it's a bit too twee. Yes. After twee, a that's perfect ending, yeah. it gets a bit too twee where it's like, <laughs> it chose Simmons. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Great ending, though. And as you say, Great a very amazing. memorable ending. I remember this from the first yeah. transmission. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it must, I mean, it must have been memorable to the merchandisers because, um, yeah, Migo did Captain Xantor. We had a Xantor, yes, yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah. A lovely little, and it, it's not the greatest likeness of Christopher Lee, but it is, it is a Christopher Lee action figure well before all the Lord of the Rings ones. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, re really good. Two, two super strong episodes. Yeah, yeah, what a great start to 1999. Yeah. <sighs> Ian, listener, short pause while I go to the loo. Hang on one okay. second. Hang on. Yeah, sorry about yeah. that. Having a, ha having a pint of fizzy water as we oh, good. natter. We're, we're of that age, Eric, where our bladders are stretched thin. <laughs> They they rule, don't they? Our bladders. They do. do you manage to go through a night without getting up for a week? I tell, yeah, I, I tell I this is real old old night. person talk. I tell you what, what what happens to me, right? I have an evening. I get ready for bed. I go to the toilet. I wash my face. I brush my teeth. Everything's fine. Get into bed. Might read for a little while. Turn the light off. Roll on my side. I want to go to the toilet, yeah, and I'll, I have to I'll, get back up again. Rest, yeah. I do that. I'll I'll be upstairs. I, I toilets upstairs. 
Um, I suppose like most people's. But I'll be upstairs doing something, and I'll think, i got to go downstairs and do something. I'm fine upstairs. The minute I get to the bottom of the stairs, my bladder goes, <laughs> oh, you, should, you shouldn't have had a wee, you need it. Got to go all the way back upstairs. Yeah, they're not fun. No, no. Don't get Maybe old, you listener. Be like that. Yeah, don't get old. It's, yeah. it's no fun, unless you're Victor Bergman. Yes. Oh. How old was he, do you think, when he made this? We're probably older than he was when he did this. I'll try looking for that as, as, as we talk. So... Um, that's it then. That's uh, that that that's the story. Um, yes. Um, over in stories. Over and done with. Um, yeah. So uh, behind the scenes, okay. I've got to read a lot here. This is about break breakaway. All right, which okay. was directed by it's, it's Lee Katzin. It's also Katzin. a lovely chocolate biscuit. It is. Yes. Yeah, Good like point. Breakaway. Lee Katzin was the director. Um, and the New York office, according to Jerry Anderson, had assured him that he was the best pilot director in America. Okay. All right. Well, you mean he's the best director of pilots. He wasn't an airline pilot. <laughs> that might explain director. something then. Yeah. It says the, the schedule for shooting of the first episode, episode was 10 days, but it overran, oh. and soon we were tens of thousands of pounds over budget. The planned shoot was stretched to 25 days by the director's meticulous style of filming multiple takes of each camera angle while running each scene in its entirety. Katzin finished editing his footage and screened the completed breakaway for Anderson. It ran for over two hours, <laughs> he says, and I thought it was awful. He went back to America and I sent a cutting copy of the episode to Abe Mandel. Abe phoned me in a fit of depression saying, oh my God, it's terrible. What are we going to do? I wrote a lot of new scenes myself, and these were filmed over three days. I'm pretty sure I de directed them myself. These remounted scenes scene. were filmed between Black Sun and Ring Around the Moon. I then totally recut the episode to 50 minutes, inserting the new footage. I can't see the join, can you? No, I can't. There's nothing obvious. I'd love to know... I imagine someone somewhere has tried to stand, but I'd love to know what scenes were filmed afterwards. Yeah. Listener, if you know, yeah. yeah, let us know. Yeah, yeah, I'd, yeah. I'd love to know if the two-hour cut still exists. Well, it says about that that um, scenes deleted from Katzin's cut include Koenig watching Simmons interviewed on a news program, right. which provided expositional dialogue about Meta and the probe before his live conversation with John while flying to Alpha. It also reveals that Koenig had also been the first Alpha commander. Then another scene is Gorski having a conversation with Koenig before leaving, oh, reinfo yeah, reinforcing Simmons' dogma about the secrecy regarding the Metaprobe setbacks. He would then express disdain for Helena, her personal judgment and professional competence. Which All right. explains why Koenig was against her when he went into meeting. Yeah. Yeah, that would great. Another scene is Helena giving Koenig an autopsy report on the probe astronauts and Collins. Right. He would bring up Gorski's opinions of her. She then revealed, Go revealed Gorski made advances, which she oh. rebuffed. All right. Ah, uh, see that? Yeah, that's so much. I know why they would cut it in a show, but that's such good character stuff. You would also have had uh, Paul and uh, John Koenig listening to the meta signals. Right. So you would have, would have actually heard them. All right. That would have been good. That would have been good. Yeah. Um, this this one shot character who you see, uh, who, who basically was 
the the prototype Carno, wasn't it? Oh yes, yeah, it was a different computer. He was operator. called Uma. Yeah. He he was the original, um, but uh, yeah, he quit because people couldn't work with him. Seems he kept uh, trying to turn the charms on his charms onto the ladies. Oh, he was a ladies' man. He was a ladies' man. Um, and um, it says in 2003 the story was novelised by EC Tubb and released in Space 1999 Earthbound. Minor ad- additions to this story include, so as not to violate continuity, it stated that Simmons was left for dead in the confusion of Breakaway, but was resuscitated by Bob Mathias. His broken neck and fractured skull were repaired and the weeks spent recovering in medical explained uh, his absence. Okay. All I need to say was um, he broke his legs or something, and, uh, and he's been in the med bay. Yeah, yeah. And Barry Morse... When we went in the med bay, he just happened to have to go to the toilet or something. Yeah, yeah. Barry Morse was born in 1918. 1918. Right. Okay, and this was 75. So... So, 75 minus 18. Uh... <laughs> 53. He was 53? Yeah. That can't be right. Hang on, let me get my calculator. No, you're wrong. He's a bit more than that. 57. I've added it the wrong way. Is it? So so it was 75. 56. If it it was 74 that they filmed it. Okay. I'm still still two years younger than him now. You're older than him. I'm six years older than him. Oh, Oh, my God. Don't know how you feel. It's, like, it's like when you that that big milestone is when you hit fifty five, which I do this year, because you're then the same age as the first doctor. That was months. depressing reaching that point. Yeah, people aged a lot differently back then, though, didn't they? Tougher times. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've got one more bit. I'm I'm just going. There we go. I'm just finding the book. I'm back in that book, Chris Bentley's book, which, as I say, yeah. I do recommend. Yeah, it's a great, very lavish. Very yeah, lavish. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, blah blah blah. This is the um, while while making Earthbound. This is when Eamon Holmes came on on onto the set, and uh, yeah. Roy Dutrie got a "This Is Your Life." Oh yes, I think I've seen photos from that. Yeah. Um, Blah, 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 blah. Hang on, let's scrolling down, scrolling down. Oh, here we go, here we go. The hand drill used by Helena, yeah. all right, was a modified Kenwood hand whisk. Oh, right, for like whisking pudding. Yeah, it's a, dub, a, a double, whatever the bit that whisk it, whisks, yeah. I suppose it's a double whisk thing. Um, it says, um, the device came with a pair of detachable orange plastic whisk arms, the whisk section of the left arm was removed, while the right arm was replaced with a drill rod to create the earthbound prop. Why didn't they just use a normal drill? I have no idea. Yeah, they did the same in um, Blake Seven. Do you remember in the, the countdown one where they're drilling into that bomb? Yeah. And it's just a normal drill with like space stickers on. Yeah. Yep. 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 Um, and also, I've got that. Um, in the nuclear power station, Simmons forces an engineer to open the converter main unit, and an alarm immediately sounds. This electronic effect was created by Barry Grave for the control room of the Dalek city on Scaro yes, in yeah. Doctor Who and the Daleks. Yeah, I recognise that, I thought. Because you hear this um, a fair bit. It must have been a stock sound effect ended up. And yeah, it's like, uh, oh, the Dalek uh, city from the films. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Old Chris's wig. Oh, yes. Right? His his wig later pops up on Peter Cushing. 
would you believe? Oh, right. Uh, yeah, when he's... Uh, what's his character? Rock or something? It is Ran. Ran, that's yeah. it. Yeah. Dyed oh, pink wow. for that, right? Did they, I wonder if they told him it was Chris Lee. <laughs> but then it's taken off of Peter Cushing, washed, yeah. is worn by Margaret Layton in Collision Course. Right. Taken off, then worn by Leo McKern in The Infernal Machine. <laughs> and finally... has been in more episodes than most actors. Yeah, and finally Joan Collins wore it. In really? Mission of the Darians. Wow. I wonder if the wig went on to other shows. That's a well-worn wig. That is a well-worn wig. Yeah, yeah. All right, so, unusually for for uh, our show, Space 1999, I don't think, had any dodginess. No, none whatsoever. Um, there, did, was no, did anyone... there was no sexism. There was no leering shots. There was no smoking, no drinking. Um, That's it, isn't it? Yeah, I think it was a good, clean, wholesome, professional people doing what they do. With a right uh, yeah. slime ball. Um, yeah, with a horrible man. So, zero for Space right. 1999. Death tally. Yeah. I've approximately, it's always approximately. Yeah, it's very approximate. yeah we've got that as 71. Oh, yeah, it's fair. All right. I bet it was more, but we'll give it. We'll give it that. Yeah, it's still a lot less than what's uh, above it, which is Joe 90 with 203. Yeah. <laughs> All personally killed by a nine-year-old. Yeah. Um, and then if we go on to the actors, uh, Roy Detrice, of course. Yep. Um, born on Guernsey. Um, and during the war as well, he, it, it, yeah. um, when it was uh, um, um, occupied, they escaped to England Um he lied about his age and joined the RAF at 16 and was trained as a wireless operator and air gunner. Oh. Um, yeah, in 1942, his plane was shot down and he was captured where he served out the remainder of World War II as a prisoner of war in Germany. Right. He was introduced to the idea of performing when he took part in various makeshift concerts. That's, so many people started in prison camps, didn't they? Yeah. Uh, entertainers, it's amazing. And it's really weird. I thought he would have been in a lot of stuff. These two appearances in uh, Space 1999 are his only Jerry Anderson appearances. Yeah. And he never appeared in any of the ITC shows. Never. Perhaps he was BBC man. Might be. Um, I wasn't looking was, for the BBC yeah, stuff. He was quite famous. I seem to remember him in lots of stuff. But... Yeah. And of course he went on, he, you know, he was in Beauty and the Beast, wasn't he? Um, yes. the, the Linda Hamilton show. Um, yeah. Um, he moved to America. Yeah, maybe. And uh, I'd, what can you say about Christopher Lee? We uh, haven't got enough time, a big have tall we? Fella, yeah. I, I think I, I think he's done a couple of genre stuff. I I think. No, I don't know. I don't know. If any, if any of you have seen anything that this um, Christopher Lee yeah. guy has been in, I vaguely time. remember something about. I think he did a horror film once. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah. Not a very good one. <laughs> no, personally, what can you say? Like I say, I'm not great. I'm not. I'm not. I like him. I enjoy his stuff. I've never seen a performance I didn't really enjoy. But I don't think he's a great actor. No, I, I'd push it calling him an actor, other than the fact he says lines and appears on film. He's iconic, yeah. as in yeah. you know, iconic means visual, and you see a photo of him as Dracula, and yeah, yeah. he is an iconic, yeah, uh, yeah film he character. Def he definitely has presence, you know, but. Yeah, he's not. You wouldn't, you wouldn't hire him, or you wouldn't have hired him to 
to play a romantic lead, I don't think, or anything that involved showing emotion. I, Ideal can, stiff upper lip grip. Yeah, can you think of any time where you've seen Christopher Lee laugh uproariously? No. Heartily. Even in behind-the-scenes stuff, he always comes across as a party pooper. Yeah, a bit cold. Yeah. There's, I mean, there's when, when he uh, played Saruman, um, there's lots of behind-the-scenes footage where, like, Peter Jackson's having a right laugh, and Christopher Lee is, like, stony-faced. It's like, you should be taking this seriously. Mm. Yeah, I got a feeling he, perhaps he was not the life and soul of the party. Mm. Cold, what is it? Cold fish in it as well. Cold fish, yeah. yeah. This is going to be fun now, because we're going to vote on those two characters. All right, yeah. But the first one we're going to do is Simmons. Yes. All right? So, the design of Simmons, we have to vote out of 10. So basically it's his uniform. Yeah. And his, uh, well, I wish they hadn't have made him look so unreliable and, and He looks and like the sheriff of Nottingham. Yeah, exactly that, that hair, the beard. Yeah, you could imagine him as the sheriff of Nottingham. Oh yeah. Um, he doesn't look right in a moon base uniform. He looks very uncomfortable, but then that could be that that's what he was playing. Cause he yeah, did, he's a politician. Yeah. Um, I think I think I'm going to have to give him a, uh, just a middle of the road five because he is literally a human with a beard. Oh, I was going to say yeah. six, but I think you've yeah. uh, convinced yeah. me. All right, I'll stay with five. But how effective is he? Uh, I, I think he's really effective. I wish we'd have seen more of him. He he comes across as a real slimy politician and a credible threat. Mm. You know, um, like I say, there's there's a point where he oversteps it and there's no coming back from it. Um, and he plays it really well. So I think villain-wise, uh, I'm, I'm going to give him an eight. I gave him eight and a half. Yeah. I, I'll join you at eight and a half. Yeah. Eight so and a half. Think of eight and a half. All right. Yeah, no, I'm, like, like I say, he needs a boo hiss track. Yes, yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah this isn't like a hero. Yeah. No, this, this is not someone that's just misguided. Um, sadly, he's believed, he's believable as a politician even now. You can he? see him in the Tory government, yeah. absolutely. Oh God, yeah. All right. Okay. They really want school dinners, do they? <laughs> Six point seven five is uh, yeah. is is where we've got him. That's fair. Uh, all right. Design of Zantor. 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 Of course, yeah. He's got this eye makeup on, hasn't he? Yeah. And apparently, he was gonna, you know, predate. Um, TV nineties um, TV Star Trek. He was meant to have like a little prosthetic on the bridge oh, right. of his nose, but he found it too uncomfortable and refused. So that's when they ended up just painting, put a bit of paint yeah. on it. I yeah, I think it's an iconic look. You're not, you're not going to mistake him for anyone else. Mm -hmm. um, I like these Caldorians. I think they're good. And like so I used to have the. Well, I still got one, but as a kid, I had Captain Xantor the doll, and he always was the villain. Uh, funny, I never saw him as a hero, as the the figure. That's strange. Always a villain in my. Always against Captain Kirk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> always getting punched up the bracket. Um, I yeah, it's great. I think design wise, it's a really good look. And again, considering some of the strange aliens we get and the cheaper aliens we get, I think it's still, even though it's just makeup, still works in this yeah. one. Still works in this one. So. Um, Design-wise, I'm going to give him a. Uh, I'm going to give him an eight. That's what I've done. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. And how effective is this uh, um, performance? I say I don't, I'm not. I don't think he's. I don't think Christopher Lee is really pulling out all the stops. But everything he does is perfect for this character. Um, I'm going to give him a nine. A nine, blimey! Yeah. I gave him a seven. Yeah, so I that's like, an eight. I like it as I like him as a character. So okay. I'm not a great fan of Christopher Lee, but I think he fits perfectly. Right. If, if there was a part that Christopher Lee could play to perfection, it's an emotionless alien. <laughs> All right, so so that's a straight eight then for yeah, Zantor. That's fair. So in the final tally, what what are we putting these these people in? Is okay. it another caravan? Didn't we decide it's a caravan yeah, part like the Doctor Who one? Yeah. All right, in the caravan park, um, Zantor is uh, uh, in caravan number eight right. with, there was already somebody in there. He's been in there for quite a while. King Titan from Stingray. Oh, right. Oh, wow. So I can imagine Zantor going, that's not how a king would behave. Mm. Too emotional. King Titan, you are diseased. Mm. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Simmons, unsurprisingly, is in a caravan all by himself. Yeah, good. Feeling sorry for himself looking out the window. Yeah. Having a moan. With 6.75. The nearest person to him at 6.25, just down the road, is Captain Brown. Oh, wait. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, no vehicle Captain tally Brown for us. Captain Brown knows that. Yeah. Oh, very good. Uh, no vehicle tally for us. No. Oh, yeah, no, we've, of course, didn't think. The Caldor ship. Oh, yeah, we can do that one. A straight yeah. out of 10 for the Caldor ship. Um, I mean, it's... It's our first alien ship on Space 1999, but sadly, I don't think it's a great one. Five. I gave it so, a four. Four, yeah. I, it does the job, but... I don't, like, I don't like the look of it, and it's blue. It looks like someone's made it out of... Like, what, what have they got left in the old EMA box? Yeah. And that's what they had, yeah. Of course, this is not... Space Models. We didn't say it's Space Models who made it. Oh, yeah. Um, well, that's... Too detail for me. Yeah. Four and a half, right, which is the lowest vehicle... We've we we voted on. We're um, not going to be scratch building one, are we? No, 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 no. And if I, if I ask Martin Bauer to make me uh, commission him to make me a model from Space 1999, this isn't going to be high not on the really list. This one, no, no. I've I've got I've got a feeling I know where you're going to put this on your uh, Ian's openings. Who uh, were? This is uh, straight in with a bullet. Number one. I knew it. I knew it. Okay. Yeah. We've also got to remember, first time we do season two of Space 1999, you've got straight, to put it in. in with a dump <laughs> truck. Um, okay. Yeah, I know we're not, do, we, we're not doing um, our Anderson favourite shows. Are yes, we? yep, are yep, yep, yep. it's our top ten. Um, you've already what, got what four times? on your list at the moment. You've got um, one to four. What have we got so far? At number four, you've got the very first episode of Stingray. Oh, cool. At number three, Winged Assassin from Captain Scarlet. Two, the Mysterians, the Mysterons from Captain Scarlet. And number one, Trapped in the Sky, Thunderbirds. All right. Uh, Well, this goes straight in at number one. Which one? Breakaway. Breakaway, yeah. Right. Um, Earthbound goes in at number two. Oh, blimey. At number two. Yeah, I like Earthbound. Okay. I mean, it's, I don't think it's any secret. Space 1999 is my favourite mm-hmm. Anderson show. Uh, I think uh, uh, Breakaway is probably my favourite Space 1999 episode. And I'd also say it is a magnificent hour of television in general. There's not much that beats it. Mm. 
It's, it's, it's as damn near perfect as you can get. Okay. Well, I've put Breakaway at number one. Yeah. But Earthbound at number four. Oh, okay, because right. I've I've got sentimental, you know, attachment yeah, to nice. to the three uh, puppet shows that are already on there. All right. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see stuff that might displace it. Yeah, yeah, and just where the the yeah. live action and the puppet shows all all rank among our yeah, top ten. We, we haven't done the Thunderbirds one with the crocodiles yet. So. No, no, no. Yeah. Oh, also, um, we haven't done Terror Hawks yet. Well, that's next that might, time. That might win, might not. <laughs> <laughs> no. That is next time. Um, yeah, it had to happen. Yeah. Why did I choose to include Terror Hawks? We just stop well? at Space Nine. I mean, <laughs> we've, got have, we've got to have something bad. We might, well, I was going to say something we might change our money. Because I think it's fair to say, for neither of us, is there any nostalgia goggles on for um, Terror Hawks, is there? We I were want... both of an age when it wasn't a children's show for us. We, exactly. We were grown-ups. Yeah. Time has moved on. Um, and there is a nostalgia link. Oh, Jerry Anderson's made another show. I think I watched two episodes and I yeah. and that was it. No, 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 yeah. absolutely it not. Had, it had a hell of a lot to, uh, to live up to. Well, um, whether it did or not, we shall find out next find time. Find out next time. Yeah. So I've got to go off and buy the well, bloody thing now. Yeah, well, we, we'll be expecting the unexpected. Oh, no. Oh, God, I see. I'll look at so I could be a professional. You me? could. You could. Yeah. yeah. All right. Okay, Ian. Okay, listener. We'll see you uh, in hopefully in a couple of weeks for that then. Nice one. Right. See you Thanks then. Right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.